0: This is the Find Your Focus podcast with Shootproof. We chat with inspiring and creative entrepreneurs to encourage, empower, and equip you to take the next steps in your photography business. We want you to leave each episode with actionable steps so that you can gain confidence, book your calendar, and earn more income with your passion. So grab some coffee or your drink of choice, and let's get to it. Hey everyone, I'm Logan Faye and the host of the Find Your Focus podcast with Shoeproof. Today I'm talking to Stephanie Cole, who is a family photographer in Connecticut. Stephanie not only creates beautiful photos, but she also has an unbelievable client wardrobe, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Something that I love about this interview is that Stephanie tells us how to start a client wardrobe and the pros and cons to having one. She also discusses how her pricing has changed due to her large wardrobe and how she has her website set up so that clients can book their outfits for their session. Let's get started with Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. The famous first question, tell us about how you got into photography and where you are now. My answer is cliche, but cool that
1: a lot of people have a similar background. I got my first camera right before my oldest was born. I had always had an interest in photography, but just never had the time to get around to learning it. My background was actually in marketing. I worked in advertising a bit. I love marketing and business, but didn't love the corporate world. I went back to school actually to become a teacher. I became a high school marketing teacher. That's what I was doing at the time that I had my son. And I went to get this camera just like I've tried this before never got around to it. If having a kid doesn't motivate me to learn how to take pictures, nothing will. So I got the camera. My husband bought me a one hour session, like a lesson with our newborn photographer, just to learn the basics of manual mode. I did that when he was about four months old. By the time he was old enough to sit up, I was just obsessed with practicing and going on walks and taking pictures of anything I could get my hands on. I quickly learned that like the fastest way for me to improve would be to take pictures of other people and to have that pressure of having to problem solve for them. So I started just asking friends if I could take pictures of their family. I didn't get a big <laughs> response on that, but I did get a few under my belt that really just made me fall in love with this. And then I started charging a little bit just to get better equipment and then I naively kind of thought, hey, I could make this my full-time job. I had no idea at the time, obviously, what went into it or how hard it was, but I did work at that for a few years and I grew my business. I had the the blessing of being able to go part-time with my teaching job while having two other kids along the way. My kids are two, four, and six now. Two years ago, after you know, really having two solid years of meeting financial goals and consistent booking, I was actually able to quit my teaching job and go full-time with photography. So
0: That is where I am now. Three kids who are home a lot with this pandemic (laughs) (laughs) and somehow doing this full time. That's amazing. I also quit my teaching job to do photography full time. And I know a lot of teachers who have made the switch from teaching to photography. And I think it's just so interesting because in teaching, I loved still educating But I also loved my, I just loved working with kids, but I get to do the same thing now with photography where I am in that photography education world, but I still get to work with families and interact with kids. And so I feel like it's a good switch. It is. And I always say it's just the best preparation for what we do,
1: managing parents and managing kids. And even in your sessions, like keeping control of the session while still Mm -hmm. keeping it light and fun. It's all the things we did as teachers. 90%, 90%, I think, of what photographers do, the good ones, is managing people and managing expectations. And you certainly learn that as a teacher, that's Yes, sure. you do.
0: <laughs> so we're going to talk about your client closet today, which I am so excited about. <laughs> Can you explain to our listeners how your client closet came to be and how you have it set up on your website? Like I said, I'm a
1: mom of three. I love having professional photos of my kids. They are my greatest joy. The photos, not my kids. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but I really, I love having the photos. I do not love having them taken because I am truthfully a basket case when it comes to planning (laughs) a photo session. Just ask my husband. I get really stressed out and, and wardrobe is a big piece of it. What to wear, what looks good on me. It just feels like such a permanent decision, indecisiveness and that kind of indecisiveness and second guessing my choices definitely carries into the session. I always knew that I kind of wanted to alleviate that stress for my families. Initially, I did so just by helping them with styling and helping them with choices and committing to that. And eventually it grew into actually having the pieces on hand for them to use. Logistically, I started by offering a little bit of wardrobe with my newborn sessions. I do a lot of newborn work. I do studio work as well. And I would find that when you're doing a session with a baby that's 10 days old, that doesn't give the parents much time to plan wardrobe.
0: Exactly. So
1: I started just carrying like a couple of basic sibling pieces and a couple of dresses for mom and just saying, Hey, if you don't have time to get to the store, I've got this here. And parents were so appreciative and my work elevated because of it, because people were wearing intentional things instead of just things they'd pulled from their closets. And I kind of got a taste of how much people appreciate that convenience and that service. Then I kind of went to maternity and started carrying a client closet for that. Maternity was a very easy sell because those dresses are expensive and you're never going to wear them again. So it's a lot of money to spend on top of the session. So maternity clients were very open to using the client closet and very appreciative. And then I merged into families and that was kind of where there was a bit more of a struggle of getting people to buy into it. But I really did believe deep down, even before client closets were trendy and were out there all all over the place, I knew this was kind of where I wanted to be in the long run. And I knew I just had to figure out a way to make it more appealing to people. During the time I was kind of struggling, what I was doing wrong is I wasn't committing to it. I didn't want to spend the money and the time on it until I knew it was going to work, but it wasn't working because I hadn't spent the money or the time. So eventually after like a year of it, just kind of not... Clicking, random people here and there were taking me up on it, but it wasn't something people were, you know, coming to me for. I realized I just had to really jump in with two feet and and take the risk. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. It's not the end of the world. So two years ago, I really committed to it, marketing it more, talking about it more, just silly things like if I had someone in my picture wearing my outfit mentioning it, which sounds obvious, but I wasn't doing that before. Um, Getting better photos of my wardrobe, not just like iPhone pictures hanging on my closet door, but making it really appealing and making it seem like a service versus, you know, why is she offering me like wearing one of her dresses? Does she think I can't get it on my own? (laughs) Uh, Which I think is the perception originally it was coming across, really making it seem like part of my service and an appealing part of my service. And after a year of committing to it, about 50% of my clients were using it. And even those that weren't, I could tell that my work was becoming more consistent and they were wearing things that were more consistent. So everybody was impacted by it. Last year, crazy enough, COVID hit. (laughs) So right around at the time that my business was hitting its stride and the client closet was starting to stick and to work, COVID hit. And after shutting down for three months, we all saw that the demand for family sessions just went through the roof in the summer. And at the same time, people couldn't go shopping. Everything you're ordering online was heavily delayed. So at the same time that people were placing a really high value on family photos, my client closet was very appealing to people. So last year I had a record year despite shutting down for three months, but I also pushed myself probably further than I should have. And I really, at the end of the year, had to reevaluate what I wanted to do going into this year because it wasn't sustainable. You know, I survived, but barely. And so this year I really said, okay, how can I make this work in the long run where I'm not burning myself out and where I can come to every session with the energy I want to come with. So just recently I committed to having my website redone with Freya Tanner, who is amazing. And in addition to just making me a new website and rebranding me, I told her I need a way where this client closet isn't so reliant on me. In the past, I was literally keeping track of everything in my head and who had requested what sizes for 20 something families a month, that's a lot. <laughs> and it was no longer just families using one dress or one item. It was families wanting me to style their entire family. So it was just a lot to keep track of. So that what she did for me, and she is a saint, she found a way for me to incorporate a online registration system on my website. It was a labor of love for both of us. <laughs> I had to input every single piece of clothing I have manually, but Everything now I have is in there, my entire inventory and sizes and colors, and my clients can go on to actually browse what I have. They can reserve it for their session or for a try on in advance. And every day I wake up and I print out my orders and I have them ready and it has freed up my brain power quite a bit (laughs) and my time. And it's easier for my clients too. So that's where I am now, but there was a lot of struggle and a lot of pushing, you know, pushing myself past what I really should have pushed myself to, to get to that point.
0: I was blown away when I looked at your website as we were preparing for the pre-record call. And <laughs> when I went to your website, I was immediately like, "Okay, I need something like this. <laughs> I, I want it for myself, but I also would 100% book you because of your client closet." I was blown away and we'll get to, we'll share your website at the end of the episode. So all of our listeners, you have to go check out her website (laughs) and how she has it set up. I've never seen a photographer do it this way. And it just takes the stress out of the session. You know, there's lots of things that you can do to make your session less stressful for your clients, but this goes above and beyond. So definitely stick around to the end and make sure that you check out her website. Thank you. I
1: always had everything listed, but you know, again, as you evolve, things change as my client closet grew, scrolling became just stressful. I was like, this is too much for people to scroll through on their phones." So now that we have it where you can filter by category and size, it's just a much better user experience. I could not have done it without Freya. She's a genius.
0: It's amazing. So I know your client closet is pretty large. Did you start with a large amount of clothes or did you kind of just grow it over time? Embarrassingly, it started with literally my own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, the first few people that
1: I did this with were Not people I was intentionally styling, but people who booked last minute or they ordered something online and it showed up and it didn't fit and they were just in a jam. And I was like, let me see what I have. So, truthfully, it really started with just a few items of my own that I offered people and seeing how great the photos came out when they were wearing something that I knew photographed well was what kind of sparked me. Like, I could carry more of these items. I definitely started out with basics. I try to get high quality items all the time. That's just kind of, I think that's the way to do things. But again, I don't recommend going out and like buying 20 reclamation gowns, (laughs) you know? So I think if you start, you know, I started with a few really core basics that were versatile, that would work year round, that would fit a lot of different body types, neutrals. And then I would fill in the gaps with inexpensive pieces. And then as I grew, I eventually kind of filtered out the inexpensive pieces and brought in more high end. You do not need to go into this having you know, every dress in every size. There's a lot of, which I'll talk about later, like ways that you can have one dress that will fit a lot of different people and work in a lot of different ways. But I, for the most part, I grew it gradually. There were a couple of specific points in my business that I knew were pivotal that I made the jump to really invest. One being last fall, I'd never had people have an interest in wearing dresses in the fall before, but after the COVID summer, people started sending me fall planning emails and they were talking about dresses. And I was like, oh my God, people are gonna wanna wear dresses this fall and I don't really have many fall dresses. So realizing that what I was doing was working and it was going to keep working, I went out and I invested in quite a few long sleeve fall dresses. And that was a a great move for me. And I was able to actually also style all of my mini session clients, which was a first, but it was great. And then also with my recent rebrand, relaunch of the website, I was like, let's go all out. I started adding more men's items, more kids items, more, you know, just more everything. (laughs) Because again, people are not just coming to me, filling in gaps with my client closet. They're coming to me wanting to style the whole family. I felt like it was important that I fill in those gaps and it just seemed like the right time
0: to do it. It's so fun to hear your journey from just starting out with helping styling people and offering some of your clothes and whatnot to where you are now. It's just, it's pretty amazing to to see how how far you it's crazy and then it is doable you don't have to start with a huge you don't
1: and I think it's really important to get a taste for it before you jump into it just to make sure it does take some work to get your clients believing in it but to make sure that you like the process because it is a lot of work and it is a whole different way of doing things and you have to make sure that it fits for your business and your lifestyle you know so I do I do recommend testing the waters but don't get stuck testing the waters once you like it You have to make the jump and you have to kind of take that chance
0: and find a way to make it work out. Definitely. I'm sure that there are some struggles when it comes to having your client closet. What challenges have come up for you? I don't know if I call it a struggle,
1: but an adjustment, a huge adjustment was when you commit to helping style your clients, which I know a lot of us do now, the amount of work that is, it's really adding a whole other layer to your job. Time, emailing back and forth, communicating, communicating the reassurance you have to give the patients you have to have. Wardrobe is a very sensitive thing for people and especially women. And it really is a commitment. And if you're going to commit to it, you have to follow through and you have to really make yourself available. So that amount of not just time, but energy that it required was more than I ever imagined. That was why I really had to Sometimes sit down and rethink how I was doing things in order to make it work because I wanted to do this right. I remember when I was a newer photographer, and I know we've all been there, (laughs) when you're only charging 50 bucks and you're not attracting clients who are hiring you because you're you, they just want some decent family photos and they found your name. And I remember just at one point thinking, all I want are clients who are invested in this. Like I care so much and I focus on the details. And I just want people who do the same. And now I have that, but that is a beast of its own. Like when you have clients that care, they really care and it's really important to them and they're really worried about the results. It is just an added layer of stress and time that you have to be ready for. To do a good job at this and to make it a positive thing for your business, you have to really approach it with that patience. The other kind of little challenge that I've run into that was a big challenge at first is that I don't have a studio actually. I have always operated without one, It has been a great fit for my business, just being someone who has been having kids and who's, you know, the amount that I can work has been up and down and it allows me to keep my overhead low. I'm now in a position where I could have a studio in terms of how much work I do, but I've actually chosen not to because I just have found a system that works for me and works for my clients. But a lot of people told me a client closet couldn't work without a studio, that you need a place for people to come try things on. You need... A place to store them, you need to be able to get together in person. So I had to really think outside the box, and there's no one out there that could teach me how to do this, but how to make it work without that common place to meet people. I've come up with a system that works really well for me. And again, like I had the opportunity to get a a studio, I thought about it, I talked to some clients, and I realized that they love the way I do it now. They love the flexibility, they love being able to try things on at home in their own lighting, having no pressure of an appointment time. You know, that was a struggle, but with everything, I just think you can't rely on what the industry does. You have to be
0: willing to problem solve for yourself and to be okay with doing things differently. I always love hearing challenges like that because our listeners can learn from what you just said. They can take that and really think about it before they have, you know, their own client closet. So how has having a client closet affected your pricing? Because you're, you're buying all of these clothes. So how have you factored that into your pricing for sessions? So I'm kind of opposite of most photographers with how I approach pricing. I'll talk about that first because I think
1: it's something to think about for everybody. I see most photographers and especially newer ones, they'll ask questions like, here's my work, here's what I do, what would you pay? And I've always taken the opposite approach and part of it is just because of where I am in my life. The fact that I started this business when I had another job, a good job that I liked that paid well and had pension and retirement. I had young kids I was leaving to go do this. So I always placed a pretty high value on my time, even when my work wasn't that good. (laughs) So I've always kind of priced myself where I think my time is worth and then realized, well, my work isn't that good yet. How do I make people pay this price? How do I make me worth this? Having a business background, I think I have a really good awareness, which not all photographers do, that what we offer is so much more than just our work and the quality of our photography and our, our art but it's so many other things. It's our branding. It's our customer service. It's how responsive we are. It's our website. All of those things together make you worth a certain price. And I think people get a little too hung up on how good is my photography, when truthfully, most clients really can't see much of a difference between that. So my pricing has always been on the higher side for my area because of that. And truthfully, the client closet has really helped me more so than justify my price. It's helped me stand out and differentiate myself from competitors. And it's helped, I think, a lot of people who maybe I was a little bit out of reach in terms of what they felt a photography session was worth. But now what I offer is such an experience that it helps them really justify the cost. You know, not only do we get great photos, but I don't have to stress out about what to wear. I don't have to buy anything. I don't have to pay for dry cleaning. I don't have to stress. I have guaranteed results. And I think that really appeals to people. You know, I used to stress out about what are other people charging? (laughs) And I'm more than this person, but we're just as good as each other this client closet has kind of made me realize it's not that I'm better than anyone else or anything like that. But what I offer is so different that Mm -hmm. I really can't try to align myself with others who are doing a standard photo session, even if they're insanely talented and insanely good, because what I offer is just so different. And there's so much that goes into it and so much time and people see the value in it. And part of it is because I'm always teaching them the value of it. You have to talk about it. You have to sell yourself. That's hard to do, but Mm -hmm. you have to help people see the value in what you see the value in. And I believe in this so much that it does come easy for me to just talk about what a wonderful experience it is when clients don't have to worry and don't have to stress. And they let me take that stress. It's helped me just realize like I am my own entity Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I have to just create prices that I feel good about. And I'm very strategic with my prices. I'm not pulling numbers out of the air. I, I run my numbers. I think about how many sessions I can do per month how much I need to make per year to make this worth it for me, how much I spend. But I've completely eliminated that. This person is one town over and they charge us amount because what I'm doing is different. And what I'm doing isn't for everyone, but it is for a lot of people. And the people that like it, they see the value in it. And I don't worry about anything else, really.
0: I love how you have created such an experience for your clients. You know, we always talk about how important client experience is. And with that, we normally talk about getting them on the phone and talking to them and making the photo session fun. But (laughs) this experience is so different from what lots of photographers are offering. I just love that you have taken this and run with it and made it almost define your business in a way of who you are, what you want your clients to experience during their session and before their session?
1: I love the idea of an experience and I always have, but a lot of the ways that you read about client experience weren't ways that fit my life at the moment. Mm -hmm. I said maybe later, you know, but I have three young kids at home. (laughs) I'm not jumping on the phone every day. I'm not having in-person meetings with people. It's just not possible right now. I see the value in it, but it's not going to work for me. And truthfully, my clients are mostly in the same stage of life as I am. Getting on the phone is incredibly stressful, you know, you're worried about what the other person thinks, you know, all those things. So I know that if it doesn't work for me, it wouldn't work for them either. This has been a way to create an experience that it just works really well for families with young kids. It works with my lifestyle. Again, I think with social media, we all try to do what we see other people's doing that works. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with
0: there's other ways to do things. And if no one's tried it before, it doesn't mean it won't work. I love a good excuse to go shopping or go to Target, but after like eight times of going, trying to get my family ready for photos, I'm over it. I feel like some people might not know they need a closet in their life, but once you try it, you might love it.
1: <laughs> I remember Amy and Jordan, the wedding photographers, they said something about how, and I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing here, but if you have a terrible experience leading up to your photos, no matter how great the photos are, that's all you're going to remember is uh, the argument in the car or the stress getting ready. That's kind of how I feel about this is if I can eliminate that stress. And I think when moms feel stressed, of course, that stress (laughs) goes to the rest of the family. You're barking at your husband, you're barking at the kids. I am talking for myself here. Yeah, I can relate. Um, Taking that away makes it a greater experience. I've had dads tell me they're like, you are the only photographer we'll ever work with because this is the first time my wife hasn't been a nightmare. (laughs) And then you look at those pictures and you have only positive memories, not Mm -hmm. all the other stuff that You could potentially feel. So, I just believe in it so much, and it's been such a wonderful experience, and it's really rewarding to see clients believe in it too.
0: Yeah. If our listeners are thinking that this is something they want to do, what tips do you have for them to get started? We talked about it earlier start small, get a taste for this. When I recommend
1: pieces of clothing that will really stretch your dollar and will really go a long way, one of the things I talk about is what kind of dresses to buy. So, what I look for. For a really versatile piece is something with elastic if you buy a dress with an elastic waist and an elastic neckline and stretchy fabric it might be labeled a large but you could size up to a double xl you could size down and clamp the back so when you're starting out look for pieces that aren't going to just fit one size or one body type pieces that could fit a lot of different people wrap dresses are another great option because you can wrap them tighter or looser they can fit a lot of different people. I love high waist because it can also work for maternity. So again, you can buy one dress and open yourself up to more potential clients. Short sleeve or off the shoulder dresses are going to fit a more wide range of body types because there's no sleeves. One reason I held off on long sleeve dresses for the fall is because when you have sleeves, they really have to fit more appropriately. So you know, with a sleeveless dress, I could maybe carry one dress. With a long sleeve dress, I have to carry it in three or four different sizes to make it work for everybody so that's one really big piece of advice i have look for neutral colors look for dresses that can work in different seasons like a, a cream dress can work just as well on the beach as it can in the fall with like a chunky cardigan over it so again if you're starting out and keeping it small look for neutrals that are going to be timeless black cream colors that really will appeal to a wide range of people and will fit well for your brand as you grow you can start bringing in more fun unique colors but for the beginning keep it neutral you can bring in colors on your accessories, on your cardigans, on your hats, things that don't cost as much money. From a business piece, I suggest definitely charge accordingly. I already talked about this. This is a huge investment, both of your time and of your money. So you need to make sure that you're charging accordingly. There's nothing wrong with charging a low price for your session, but you can't do both. You can't be a high-end photographer that's delivering this huge experience while not charging enough. So make sure you're charging enough and also collect a high deposit. I collect a higher deposit than pretty much. I collect a $500 deposit. And for me, this covers me. If the session doesn't happen, I've already done all that work in helping you. I'm giving people my dresses to take home. So it gives me peace of mind that they've committed to me $500. So if I'm sending them home with six or seven dresses that are $60 a piece, I don't worry. And I've never had anything happen. I don't foresee anything happening. I think it's Uh, a good idea just to cover yourself and to make sure that people are really invested in this process. And lastly, for your core pieces that you're investing in, get pieces that are high quality name brand. They're going to have actually a higher resale value. So if you decide a dress doesn't work, I have countless dresses that I buy and I put them on or I put them on a client and I just don't like the way they photograph. I don't like the way they hang. It's a beautiful dress, but it's not right for family photos. If you have something that's a name brand, you're going to have a better opportunity to resell it either on Poshmark Market to another photographer. If you're buying kind of like cheap stuff that nobody's ever heard of, you're probably still going to be spending some money and you're going to be stuck with this stuff forever. <laughs> so yeah, buy those core pieces of your wardrobe, get the name brand, get something that's known. And then if you need to fill in the gaps with cheaper things along the way, you certainly can. But the goal is always to move to the well-known names. But just have fun with it and don't be afraid to think for yourself. And if something in your business isn't working and is bottlenecking you, think of how to fix it. Even if no one's done it before, that's really my best advice is just to think of new and creative ways to problem solve.
0: All of this has been such good information. We've never had anyone on the podcast to talk about client closets. And I think it's something that kind of gets overlooked by a lot of photographers. So thank you so much. If our listeners want to find you on social media, where can they find you? I am on Instagram is where I'm the most active Stephanie Cole photography. I'm also on Facebook.
1: And then of course my website, www.stephaniecolephotography.com. It's Stephanie with an F, which is weird. But you can take a look at how I run my client closet there and maybe get some ideas for yourself.
0: Thank you so much. We'll list all of those in the show notes and thank you again for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Find Your Focus Podcast with Shoeproof. Make sure to visit shoeproof.com backslash podcast for the show notes and any links that we talked about today during this episode. If you love this episode, head over to Apple podcasts and hit that five-star button. If you ever have feedback or questions for us, feel free to reach out at podcast at shootproof.com.